0: on it. Hey, everybody, this is Jacob Goeth, host of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. This week's Orthopedic Clinic High School Player of the Week is Auburn High School's Soraya Daniels. The Lady Tigers' senior guard had 27 total points and six rebounds last week in a big 67-44 win for the Auburn High Tigers over Carver Montgomery. Soraya Daniels, your Orthopedic Clinic High School Player of the Week. The Orthopedic Clinic is East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika to better serve you online at theorthoclinic.com.
1: ESPN 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR Auburn Opelika. In Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader.
0: Happy Tuesday everybody hope you're doing well on this Tuesday December 5th 2023 nice sunny day a little chilly outside but a nice December day here in the Auburn Opelika area this is on the line the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back I'm Jacob Goins with you for the next two hours right here on ESPN 1067 we're inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio a reminder that they are our wonderful studio sponsor each and every day between two and four P.M. here on ESPN 1067. Go check them out. The Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge. They have fantastic food, great drinks, great atmosphere. It's a wonderful time over at the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge. Go check them out each and every weekday. They've got happy hour from 4 to 6. They've got brunch on Sundays. So be sure you go and check them out. We got a lot to talk about on this Tuesday afternoon. Yesterday, Yesterday was crazy. It, it, it was hot in here yesterday with uh, with myself and with Uncle T-Bone, who will be back tomorrow. He joins me every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, we had a lot to say yesterday when it came to the college football playoff and how all that went down. And we talked a little Albert basketball as well. And continuing into today... We'll talk some more about the college football playoff. We'll talk about the Heisman finalists because they were announced and those, uh, I believe, were correct, Uh, believe it or not. They got something right. And we'll talk about all of that and kind of what that means and talk about who should win the Heisman Trophy. Also, we'll have question of the day. We'll talk about the transfer portal that has opened up because it's a wild scene right now. Also, have you seen the proposal that the NCAA made today? Did you see what they proposed for college football? If you haven't, we'll talk about that here in hour number one as well. And coming up in hour number two, Daryl Daprits will join us from Locked On Auburn and the Montgomery radio legend himself, Double D, Daryl Daprits, will join us coming up in hour number two. So until then, though, phone lines are open. What's on your mind on a Tuesday afternoon? What do you want to talk about on this Tuesday afternoon? 334 321 1390. That's the number to put you through to me. 334 321 1390. Myself, intern Michaela, show producer, hanging out with us in the studio as well. So give us a call. We'd love to hear from you on the phone lines. 334 321 1390. And I ask you this question Have you moved on already? Have you moved on from what happened on Sunday with the college football playoff? Because it's easy for non-fans of the teams that were involved to kind of be like, well, all right, we got upset about it, but eh, time to move on, right? It's easy to have that mindset of Florida State being left out, Georgia falling out, which I just find absolutely ridiculous, and the fact that Alabama found their way in and everything in between, right? It's easy for fans that are not fans of those teams to have been upset about it, gotten in all the hype yesterday, and then kind of move on. But here's the problem. It still happened. And I think there's a lot of people that lost a lot of trust and faith in the college football playoff system. And this is kind of getting ahead of myself, but I'm going to go ahead and talk about it anyway. The question becomes, will this all change with the college football playoff expanding to 12 teams, will that fix what happened this weekend, right? With a 12-team playoff, is that going to just totally solve all the problems, the fact that it's still a playoff committee, right, the fact that there's still a group of people that decides who gets in and who lefts out, right, they figure they're better than everybody else, they're better than you, they're better than me, and they're better than the results, Right, They have decided, and we've accepted it somehow, that they are better than the numbers, they're better than the computers, and they're better than you and I. So even with an expanded playoff, is all of this fixed? And for so long, we've talked about, well, when it goes to 12 teams, we're just going to argue about who the 13th team was that didn't get in. Probably so. But with the 12-team playoff... You're going to have more teams. And you're also going to have all the major conferences represented. Which is what the top four, the final four, doesn't do in college football. And up to this point, it's been pretty okay. Up to this point, you've had you've had a little controversy and you've had a little struggles. But for the most part, there hasn't been this type of uproar from all five major conferences. Because this was really the first time in a while, in this almost 10 years of a four-team playoff, that all five conferences deserved a spot in the playoff, and guess what? Five doesn't fit into four. I'm not very good at math, but that doesn't work out. And this was a year... That they gambled, the playoff committee gambled, and they got burned. They got caught. They got got, if you will. And they gambled with Florida State. They gambled with the Seminoles because they knew Jordan Travis got hurt. And I think everybody in the country can agree. I think everybody in the country can agree that Florida State is not a best four team right now. Are they? We can't fully say they would go and get beat by 50 and by any of those teams, but it's a pretty good feeling. But I think we can agree that what we've seen over the last couple weeks hasn't been great, but the results have to matter, right? That's been a big argument from myself and a lot of other people. But the problem is, and I said this yesterday when Wade was in here, the problem is the playoff committee... They teased Florida State for the last few weeks by leaving them in even after the Jordan Travis injury, which is their one focal point, one excuse, one main reason they left Florida State out. In the final rankings, why not do that two weeks ago? Why not do it when he got hurt, right? But no, they left, they left them in, and they did it for one reason. They left Florida State in, the top four, Because they gambled and said, well, without him, without him, there's a pretty good chance that they lose to either Florida or whoever they play in the ACC championship game, which ended up being Louisville, which was a pretty good guess on who it was going to be. And they gambled, and they said, look, when Florida State loses, we'll bump them out for that. We won't be the bad guy. Everything will work out. Well, you gambled and you lost. You gambled on red and it landed on black and you lost. And then you were put in a tough spot. So then you had to retreat and you blamed it on a kid getting injured, which is pretty messed up, I think. It's pretty messed up. But if you're going for the top or the best four teams, I said this yesterday and I'll continue to preach this why play? Why play the games? If we're going to have a group sit in a room by themselves and decide that they're better than everybody else and they're going to pick the best four teams based off of their opinions because they make more money than you and I, then why play the games? Let's recruit. Let's have practices. And let's rank the teams and let's go. We'll see you in December. It's wild to me. But again, the question becomes, does the 12-team playoff fix that? And I bring this up because... I fully expect Auburn to be in this conversation and in these conversations within the next three to four years. I fully expect that. And I think you should, too. And I think a lot of you do. If Hugh Freeze and Auburn continue to do what they're doing, I don't see any reason Auburn should not be in these conversations over the next few years. And so, what happens when you have your Five major conferences represented. You have an at-large from the group of five, right? Those are going to get in. What about everybody else? Is it going to be based off of who we think is the best team? Or is it going to be based off of the resume over top wins, over bad losses, over neutral site wins, over non-conference play? What's it going to be based off of? We're going to find out. What's up, Michaela? What you got?
2: I just think the funniest part about this is they're acting like Florida State won like the Sun Belt Conference, right? Mm -hmm. And obviously the SEC has notoriously been better than the ACC, but right, they had a better record against the SEC this season. So
0: the ACC did, they did, and and that's the thing too is they're shaking. Look, is the ACC a good conference right now? No, it's been down. I think that's fair to say, right? Especially with Clemson being down. Uh, North Carolina kind of tailing off the fact that Louisville is your second best team doesn't give a great representation, but it's still a Power 5 conference. And it, it shows how good it is because, like the 12-team playoff I'm talking about, they get an automatic representation. So they obviously have some weight to carry, but them going undefeated, Florida State going undefeated in this Power 5 conference, something that was said in the past to be, really difficult to do which it still is and that was a high standard of college football programs that's been completely wiped away
2: and i think it's ironic that we saw last night a backup quarterback winning in an nfl game the day after they said well backup quarter- quarterback isn't good enough to win and yeah. who's who's to decide that he's out on a concussion the game's not for another month who's to say he couldn't be better than jordan travis you weren't treating him like a heisman candidate so who's to say the backup Couldn't be better than him.
0: And how many times have we seen backups come in and play really, really well? I know the example that's been brought up a ton is Ohio State back in the very beginning, right? Back in the very start of the college football playoff where they got all the way down to their third-string quarterback where he came in, Cardell Jones came in, he lit it up in the Big Ten championship game. This guy didn't get a chance to play in the ACC championship game because he had a concussion. So, yeah, I think you're right. And the defense for Florida State – balled out, played well all year. No, the offense was ugly. It was, but I'm with you. Why Why is it that the committee gets to decide he's not good enough and this team is not good enough based off of one player's injury? And I continue to go back to the fact that Georgia should be upset here too. I think they should be very upset.
2: Oh, 100%.
0: You drop from one to six because you lose in your title game by three to a now top four team? I don't get it.
2: And if you're going to just tell Florida State you're not good, just put Georgia ahead of them then. Right, yeah. Why put them at five?
0: Yeah. That's just
2: showing you're putting Alabama in to get that SEC
0: team in. Which I said was going to happen. I thought it was still going to be Georgia. I I really did. I, I thought it was going to be Georgia. I thought they would not drop them, especially if it was a close game, which... That's about as close as you can get, a one field goal game. I knew they were going to put an SEC team in because the money's there, right? The TV money's there. The name is there. The branding is there. But, yeah, for them to drop from one to six after all of that, I feel like not enough people are talking about that. And I know Auburn fans may not want to hear that, but I think Georgia got robbed. What else are they supposed to do besides win the championship game? I guess, sure, but... In the regular season, up to that point, what else are they supposed to do?
2: Which I think people are like, oh, Auburn fans are upset that Alabama's back in the playoffs. That's not what makes me upset because I think we all knew, okay, after all was said and done on Saturday, I thought it was going to be Michigan, Washington, Florida State, and we would just have to deal with whoever the fourth team was going to be, and I think you could justify it. They're all one-loss teams. Mm-hmm. If you really wanted the SEC team in, you could have put either Alabama or Georgia in and could have said, well, we don't like – the Texas, we don't like the loss that they had to Oklahoma because Oklahoma went on to lose to UCF. And people would be like, okay, well, that makes sense. At least all the undefeated teams are in. I think that's what's the most frustrating for me. I don't care that Alabama's in. I thought there was a yeah. justification to put them in. If I just thought Florida State was going to be in. I
0: don't yeah, know. no, and I think that's a fair statement, and I think there's a lot of Auburn fans that would be able to, to put away the – the hatred of Alabama and look at what they are and realize they're playing good football right now. They may not have looked great in the Iron Bowl, but they looked good on Saturday against Georgia. They did. They looked good and they beat the number one team in the country. Their only loss is to what is now a top four team. They're a good team. They are. They're getting better and they're playing better than they have all year long. So I'm not saying Alabama didn't deserve to get in. I'm just saying I think there were more deserving teams, and I don't think Georgia deserved to drop all the way out in as far as they did for losing to that team. And uh, I guess the easy way in or out, whatever, you could have put Georgia, like you said, if you would had to have the SEC team in, right, if you had to have the Southeastern Conference represented, which I think they did, put Georgia in. You put Georgia in, have the same reason for Florida State leaving them out, whatever, you obviously didn't care about it, so you were going to do it regardless. And then you leave Texas and Alabama out, or you put Texas in, I guess, because they had the win over Alabama. Boom, there you go. Or you could put Florida State in and leave Texas and Alabama both out and say, well, go undefeated, sorry, and be done with it.
2: And I really hate the argument of the best four teams because we could sit here and go back and forth, and I I could say, well, I think Georgia could beat Alabama again in a neutral site game, and you could say, well, I don't think so. Someone could come in and say, I think Auburn could beat all these teams. Not saying you would, but you could say that and think that they're the best four teams because of how they hung in with those two teams this season. You could come in and say anyone would be the best team, which Mm -hmm. is why you need to put the undefeated teams in.
0: But then it goes back to the question, well – Should we just go back to the BCS style of system, right? Go back to the computers and let them decide it and pick the two top teams from that. It's a disaster. It really is a disaster. And that's why I pose the question as we go to break. Does an expanded playoff fix any of this? Does it change any of this? How? Does it make it better, make it worse? What's the situation? We may not even have this playoff because the NCAA stepping in and wants to create something whole new is what they're saying today. Crazy stuff going on. We'll talk about that some more as we're off and running here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. Give us a call, 334-321-1390. Hey, everybody, this is Jacob Goeth, host of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. This week's Orthopedic Clinic High School Player of the Week is Auburn High School's Soraya Daniels. The Lady Tigers' senior guard had 27 total points and 6 rebounds last week in a big 67-44 win for the Auburn High Tigers over Carver Montgomery. Saraya Daniels, your Orthopedic Clinic High School Player of the Week. The Orthopedic Clinic is East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika to better serve you online at Orthoclinic.com.
2: Hey, it's Amanda, and a little thing I love about the Chick-fil-A Nugget Trays is that they're so easy for the holidays. They're warm and flavorful. It's always a crowd pleaser. When I put down a Nugget Tray, everyone is happy.
3: Hey, this is Brian, and a little thing I love about the Chick-fil-A Nugget Trays is the joy that it brings to me and everybody
4: around me during the holidays. They're warm, juicy, and delicious.
1: Cater the holidays with Chick-fil-A today. Available on the Chick-fil-A app. Real guests paid for their testimonials
5: ebay motors is here for the ride so minivans sedans jdms roll out go ahead feel your engine admire that perfectly installed exhaust your vehicle's moving along this freeway like it was made from fresh installs and a whole lot of love and with ebay motors you get over 122 million parts to keep it running and with ebay guaranteed fit they'll be the perfect fit every time plus at these prices well we're burning rubber not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply
0: Hey, everybody, this is Jacob Goins, voice of the Lee Scott Warriors. Join me all basketball season long on the home of Lee Scott Academy Basketball, Tiger Country 104.5 on the Lee Scott Sports Network. Find the broadcast schedule and listen live at tigercountry.net. Lee Scott Academy Basketball on Tiger Country 104.5 is presented by the Orthopedic Clinic and Auburn Express Towing. Also by Troy Bank & Trust, the Car Stereo Shop, and Four Seasons Federal Credit Union. Tune in to the home of Lee Scott Academy Basketball, Tiger Country 104.5, part of the Auburn Network's family layup stations.
6: Hey, sports fans, Jeff Myers here, First Baptist Church of Opelika. Well, i have often said that the world of sports is often more educational than even the classroom. What I mean by that is there are lessons in life that sports allow us to learn that are difficult at best to learn in the classroom. The agony of defeat and the glory of victory. That being said, within 48 hours, I got to witness one of my sons on the mountain peak and the other in the valley those lessons though difficult at times to learn are some of the most valuable to us and so i want to encourage each and every one of us whether our team wins the championship or whether they lose in an unthinkable fashion there are always lessons to be learned may not the score of the scoreboard taint our view of life our view of god or keep us from learning the lesson that we need to learn at the time the way the direction that the game goes and as the old saying goes the ball bounces. Y'all have a great day.
1: You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app.
0: Well, let's get to the phone lines here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line 334 321 1390. Spectre, you're on the line, man. What's up?
7: Yeah, I want to talk about this. College playoff system. Yeah, you know when they uh, set this up, they were setting it up for failure in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I mean, how can you have a fourteen playoff when you got five power five conferences?
0: Right. Yeah.
7: I mean, you know, I I don't claim to, to say that there's a lot of road scholars in in, in college sports, but uh, it 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 didn't it didn't it didn't make sense to me at all. Uh, well, with, if you're going to have just four. They should have went to a uh, six team playoff. That way, it would cover the five conferences, and then you would have a, a large bid for the sixth team. Mm-hmm. If that sixth, if that sixth team was was happened to be undefeated, or uh, it was a well, I want I don't want to say Liberty. Liberty's thirteen and old. Well,
0: like a like a group of five, but, five
7: team. Yeah, a group mm-hmm. of five team that was that was up there like like Georgia. And um, Georgia is, as far as the points go, Florida State outpointed Georgia in the final rankings. But uh, the money is all about the money. You understand that.
0: Oh, I, I 100% so, understand so, that.
7: So the, so the money came into play, and when the money came into play, those points don't matter. That's why they put Alabama in there. I mean, Florida State outpointed Alabama. I mean, the the point system, I I don't understand why you're using the point system if you're not going to use it.
0: Well, I mean, think about this. I mean, and answer me honestly here, Specter. What game's going to get more, what game's going to draw more views, fans, and and ad revenue? Is it going to be a game that involves the Alabama Crimson Tide, or is it a game that involves Florida State with a backup quarterback?
7: Well, that's the easy answer. It's Alabama. Exactly. That's what I was saying. It's all about the money. It's all about the money. It's all about the money. All about the mic.
0: Which is crazy. Uh, and I hate and that's just that's not even college football. That's college sports. That is sports in general, Spectre. And I yeah. hate it. Um it yeah. it is it is it runs the world, unfortunately, and that's just where we are um when it comes to this particular instance with college football and the playoff and who, who we claim as a national champion. It's who brings in the most revenue plus your wins, plus your resume, and all of that other stuff combined. It's insane. Yeah,
7: you're right anyway, I wanted to get my two cents worth in on that. Yeah,
0: yeah, appreciate the call, Spectre. Always great to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Would love to get your thoughts as well. Michaela, you got thoughts on what Spectre had to say?
2: Uh, No, this is kind of just a question for you. Kind of following along, but do you blame TCU and the national championship for what happened?
0: Blame them as in...
2: Because of how they got blown out against Georgia, them leaving Florida State out. Oh, is that,
0: oh, okay. You're asking if, that, if TCU should be yes. to blame for this.
2: Because um, I've, I've seen that around and I don't really understand that because they did beat Michigan, which I think people are forgetting. Right. Yes. And that was a crazy Georgia team. Yeah, it was. So Yeah, no, I don't it I don't blame. what it is, but they beat Michigan to get there. So it's not exactly. like they just came into the first round and got beat. Out the first round, like Washington
0: Michigan. did years ago when they came in and just got handled, right in their first game. And we saw, uh, we, I mean, we've seen that happen multiple times already in the playoff. A team get in and just get demolished in the first round of the playoffs. And so people like to bring up that TCU game and the TCU team of last year, a team that lost the Big 12 championship to get after and then got into the playoff, right? People forget that too. They lost that Big 12 championship game uh, in a heartbreaking fashion, but they lost. But then they still got into the playoff. And yeah, they won their opening round game and then went up against a halfway NFL team, Georgia team, and obviously got got destroyed. So I don't, and, and here I'll say this too. If the playoff committee took that into consideration, that's ridiculous. If they took TCU's example and said, well, a questionable team got in that people thought weren't all that great but deserved to probably be there And then they got handled in the championship game. We can't let that happen again. We can't let Florida State do that to us again. And we're going to leave them out because of that. If that's the reason they did it, that's horrible. I mean, that's not as bad as blaming a kid getting injured and, and messing up his leg. But that's still pretty bad. And I don't think that's why they did it. But we don't know because guess what? They're closed off in a closet somewhere and they don't tell anybody what they think. So I don't know. I don't know. It's crazy. It really is crazy. And this whole thing, again, I bring it back to the 12-team playoff, and I'm looping Auburn into this the best that I can because, again, I believe that Auburn can be in these conversations in the next three to five years. And what happens if Georgia wins the SEC or LSU wins the SEC or, hey, maybe even Texas A&M wins the SEC with Mike Elko? and they are the lone representation or the lock representation for the SEC, and Auburn's right there with them with one, maybe even two losses, but with a win over Georgia, a win over Alabama, and they're trying to fight their way to the SEC championship game, or maybe they get there and they win it or they lose, or whatever the situation may be, right? I'm looking out for Auburn and looking ahead to what Auburn could see. How do they argue their way in? And – I still think you have to take conferences into consideration. You still have to take conference strength into consideration, and I think the SEC is always going to be at the top. They just are. In average doubt, they're always going to be at the top. Are they going to be the best top to bottom each and every year? No, probably not, but I think averaged out, yes. I think they're going to be up there, and I think the Big Ten's going to be up there, especially if you continue to expand and bring in more teams. The SEC is adding Texas and Oklahoma. This time next year, this is a two-big conference. The SEC has two teams in the playoff right now. Think about that. Alabama and Texas. The Big Ten's going to have that. They have Michigan. They have Ohio State. They have Washington now. So how about that? Your two biggest conferences are now in the Final Four. And nobody's talking about that either. You also will have Oregon, UCLA, USC, and whoever else wants to compete in that conference. So... I just don't know. I I feel like there's no, there's no good direction with this right now, and there's no confidence. I can tell you that there's no confidence in the playoff committee, in the NCAA, and whoever else is involved here. There's no confidence from the fans, from people like me that talk about it on a daily basis, from the coaches, from the players, to the administrators. Nobody has any idea what's happening. And what their thought process is. And what is going to happen moving forward. Especially with what the NCAA proposed today. And if you haven't seen it. It's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. And I think it's going in the direction. I don't know if it'll be adapted. I don't know if it'll be put into into action. But wow. We're going to talk about it when we come back. Look it up, man. If you're in the office, type it in. Just look it up. NCAA new proposal. It'll pop up. Their proposal is for athletes to, stop me if you've heard this before, make more money. And it's going to get even crazier. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the transfer portal. And anything else you want to talk about, you can give us a call. 334-321-1390. The Tuesday edition of On the Line continues after this.
3: Edge Daily with Kevin Flanagan, presented by The Orthopedic Clinic, with locations in Auburn and Opelika to better serve you. Proverbs 31.1 says, the words of King Lemuel, the oracle which his mother taught him. Hi, I'm Kevin Flanagan with The Edge Daily. In a former life, I worked with high school and junior high ministry for over 40 years. In that time, I watched very different generations pass through. I watched different teaching strategies, access to technologies, education philosophies, and all levels of socioeconomic populations impact the learning and character of kids. In all that time, there's been a single factor that has impacted kids' learning, and more importantly, character and behavior, more than anything else. parents. that's right. Even in Solomon's day, what King Lemuel was taught by his mother made it into God's eternal word. Mary, mother of the second person of the Trinity, might have spoken the seven most important words in the Bible for believers. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Today, honor your parents, and if you have children, parent them well. The world desperately needs you too. 2 Timothy three fourteen and 15 tells us, But as for you, continue on what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Don't miss any of the Edge Daily devotional challenges. Go download the free, the Edge Daily app. at your device's app store today. And take a look at how the Edge can partner with your company.
8: Meet Cheryl. Hey. She's on vacation and lost in the moment. Unfortunately, so is
1: her Chase debit card. It's gotta be somewhere. Maybe she lost it at Salsa Night. These skirts should have pockets. Or maybe she lost it at Pilates. Three
8: and two and...
1: But she's uh... not worried. With the Chase mobile app, she can lock her card till it turns up. Tools that help protect. One bank that puts you in control. Visit chase.com slash checking. Chase, make more of what's yours.
5: Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data reads may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A. Member FDIC. You're a man
1: with a plan. I know. You'll propose to her on that family trip in front of everyone. Brilliant. I know. You know the trip is only a month away. But I don't have a ring. Luckily, there's gagediamonds.com with engagement rings in every style for every budget with certified natural diamonds, lab-grown diamonds, and moissanite. Can I finance it? Gage lets you buy the ring today and pay for it over time with our no-credit-needed financing.
5: Brilliant. Yes, we are. GageDiamonds.com. We're engagement's middle name. Exclusions apply.
1: You are on the line with Jacob Goins on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader.
0: We are halfway through our number one here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds the back. I'm your man Jacob Goins with you inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. Michaela, our show producer, over running the board, answering phones, as we've got Terry on the phone lines. Terry, you're on the line, man. What's on your mind?
9: Hey, Jacob. Um, I think people are missing two very valid points about the playoffs. First of all, I think Florida State would have benefited greatly if Louisville beat Kentucky. I think that hurt them more than people think.
0: I think so. I think that's a really, I think that's a really interesting and a good topic and point to bring up that many people aren't, myself included. I think does it diminish their win? Sure, I think it does. But would the committee have done anything different? I don't know.
9: It's hard to say. And the second point is this: people forget about the three B's. That was the belly aching, the butt hurts, and the bitching Nick Saban did last year about. TCU getting in, them not getting in.
0: That's also true. He was
9: campaigning last year for Alabama to get in. They were getting in. I don't care if they'd won the SEC title or not.
0: Hey, this year,
9: they, they, they were going to get them in. That, that the only way they were going to get is go eight and eight and four.
0: Well, I don't know. I I mean, if they lost, they probably weren't going to make it. I mean, I think at that point you had an I argument. I think I don't know. I because at that point Georgia remains in, Michigan remains in, Washington remains in. And then it would have been Texas getting in over Florida State or Florida State getting in over Texas. I don't think they were going to have one SEC team in. I don't think they were going to put both SEC teams in.
9: No, and I, I just don't see how they, could, how they could have got away with putting Texas and not Alabama. The, the state of Texas would have exploded.
0: Right, and, and that's what I'm saying. I think Bama would have been six or seven probably in the final rankings because. Florida State should have been in over them if they would have lost to Georgia, right? If Bama would have lost in the SEC championship game. And here's something, too. If Auburn beats Alabama, none of this even matters, right? Not at all. If, if Auburn wins in the Iron Bowl like they were supposed to, none of this happens, and everything would probably play out as it was supposed to. And I'm sure the playoff committee would like to have a few words with the Auburn football team. But if Alabama would have lost to Georgia, it would have been Georgia, Michigan, Washington, And then it would have either have been Florida State, as it probably should have been, or Texas. But there would have been no way, shape, or form that Alabama could have gotten in over Texas because of the head-to-head matchup.
9: See, Jacob, I I think Alabama's getting in regardless of anyhow, some way, somehow because of one word that was mentioned earlier, and that word is money. They know that Alabama versus Michigan, the two all-time winningest programs, is going to mean an enormous amount of money. Now, it makes no sense them going several thousand miles away to play.
0: But right. Do you, know. you think
9: they really care? No, they don't care.
0: No. And remember and when
9: Auburn Auburn played Florida State in thirteen? I went out there, so they went all the way to Pasadena, California, to play two schools that are four and a half hours apart.
0: Well, here's the thing that people are are forgetting, Terry. A lot of people are bringing up the the fan attendance and the travel and all of that money. I'm thinking TV money, man. That's where the money oh, yeah. is. That's, that's where the all of it. that's where the yeah. I mean, it all comes back together, but. I'm thinking about the TV ratings and the advertising and the millions and millions and millions of people that will be watching these games, and there was no way they were going to leave one SEC team out. There was always going to be one in. I mean, we've been doing this for, what, almost 10 years now, and there's always been an SEC team there. So there was no way they were going to break that streak.
9: I'm telling you, they wanted Alabama to win. They did. I don't care what anybody says. They want Alabama to win because they want that money.
0: They want and they the know money, the fans yeah. Fans
9: will travel. All the next will travel out there.
0: And I think so. there's a big storyline there too. I mean, we we've talked a lot about what Nick Saban's timeline is, right? And I think there is a, I think there's a legitimate storyline there, and I think there's a legitimate chance that if Alabama goes on to win this thing, which I very well think they could, does does Nick Saban go out on top? And you can't tell me they're not going to start running with that once we get closer and closer to this Final Four, Terry.
9: You know, Jacob, I just can't. I just can't get over. it. I wish people would pay more attention. I think Nick Saban's griping last year about the playoffs. And look, TCU shouldn't have been And That was the most deserving. That is the best four. I I, I don't think Alabama's one of the best four, but they're in there. They're playing like a. a, a, a uh, let me say that right. They're not. They're not the best four. I think they're playing like one of the best four.
0: I think that's. A, I think that's a, a fair way to put it.
9: Um, I don't think. Uh, I don't think. I don't. I don't. I don't think. I think Georgia's better than talent wise. Uh, but they're playing better. And I think Nick Saban is a superior coach. But his griping last year and the constant moaning about TCU and his involvement, him not getting in with Bryce Young, I think people are how much that was That was politicking. That was, that's like that's like Gavin Newsom said he's not running for president. Everybody knows he really is.
0: Well, and I, I think same thing. you may have brought same. that up last year, Terry, when it was happening, that it would affect this year's playoff. And, and I think a lot of people feel that it probably did. And, look, there's one thing that is true. When Nick Saban opens his mouth, people listen. Whether you like it or not, people listen to what he has to say, and he carries a lot of weight when he puts his word in on something. And and I'm I'm 100 confident that it had something to do with this too.
9: Yeah, kudos to Specter for that I said that many times. How do you have the power five and the four? I that makes no sense to me. I have said that many times. That's a, that's, a, <laughs> right. that's that's not said near enough, but it makes no sense. So, but kudos to him for saying. Hey, care Jack. Have a good day.
0: Thanks so much, Terry. You too, man. Three three four three two one. 1390. It is wild. It is wild that we, for so long in this wonderful sport of college football, we complained, and Auburn fans are up there with them about the BCS, the computer system that it was, the number based system that it was, because it just wasn't good enough. It wasn't good enough. The top two teams based off of all of the numbers that were crunched and put into that formula, it wasn't good enough for college football fans. It wasn't good enough for Auburn fans, and I think there's very good arguments because of that. And it wasn't good enough for a lot of other fans because they felt they should have been in the hunt and in the conversation to win a national championship. And I think it's understandable to look at it and say, okay, the top four teams in the country the top four teams in the final rankings should get to play for a national championship. You play with the final four in college basketball, right? I know there's a lot of teams that play to get to that point, but everybody waits for the road to the final four, right? And I understand that. But I think as we've gone on since this playoff was implemented for the first time in 2014, college football's gotten better. Teams have gotten better. More teams are competitive now than they were 10 years ago 10 12 15 years ago yeah it was two and three teams that were the best and then there was everybody else the fourth fifth sixth seventh best teams in the country back in 2005 2008 whatever year you want to pick they weren't going to win a national championship they weren't going to compete with the top of the top because the elites were so much better than everybody else but college football has gotten better as the years have gone on. And I say college football as a whole because more teams, more programs have gotten competitive. And you look at this year as the prime example of that. Look at the top 10 right now in college football. All right, look at, the, look at the final college football playoff rankings in the top 10. And I'm pulling them up right now as I speak. You're telling me That teams in the top, heck, you can go top 15 if you really wanted to. You're telling me that outside the top four, Florida State wouldn't have a chance to win a national championship. Georgia wouldn't have a chance to win a national championship. Ohio State wouldn't have a chance to win it all. Oregon, how about Missouri? I don't think anybody wanted to play Missouri right now. How about Ole Miss? How about LSU? And your possible Heisman winner, Jaden Daniels? That did not happen 10, 15, 20 years ago. Your top 15 teams, and Louisville's in there too. I know they lost down the stretch, but they were in the hunt late. I don't think anybody wants to play all those teams because I think they all have legitimate chances. And that's because of the things we talk about on this program every day transfer portal and the NIL. That has balanced out college football, and it has affected. In a negative way, people like Nick Saban and programs like Alabama, who are not as dominant as they used to be in 2010, in 2011, in 2012, when they were just winning and winning and winning, right? When they were getting all the best players in the country and nobody else could do anything about it but sit back and watch. College football has leveled out. Is it a full-level playing field? No. But it's getting there, and you know what's going to help that? You know what? something that could help that? Is what was proposed by the NCAA today. Have you seen this? Have you looked it up yet? Have you seen the news about this? I'm going to do my best to, to give you the information that I have read and learned so far. And this is, I mean, this came out around lunchtime. Like, it has not been out very long. And this feeds right into what we're talking about. And I appreciate Terry calling in. Because college football has become more level. Because a program like Auburn can get back to the top. They can get back to where Alabama is. It brings those at the top down a little bit, and it brings those that have been down for a little bit back up even with them. Rather than waiting on a coach like Nick Saban to retire, Auburn can take advantage of a transfer portal or the NIL And they can get better faster, right? I think there are limitations and I think there are timelines that have to be followed. You look at Colorado, right? They tried, they got better, they doubled their wins from last year, but they weren't very good by the end of it. There are things that have to be done and there are ways to do it. And some teams are going to benefit more than others. But here's what the NCAA came out with today. All right, I'm going to kind of read through an article kind of give you the information the best that I can. I'm looking at it at cbsports.com right now. The title is NCAA President Proposes Creation of Subdivision Allowing Schools to Directly Compensate Student-Athletes. Let me say that again. NCAA President Proposes Creation of a Subdivision Allowing Schools to Directly Compensate Student-athletes. This article's on cbssports.com. You can type it in. You can find it. There are a ton of other articles out there as well. This is just the one that I pulled up, and it broke it down pretty well. It says here, NCAA President Charlie Baker has proposed a revolutionary plan that could clear the way for schools to directly compensate athletes through an educational trust as well as name, image, and likeness. The proposal would include the creation of a new subdivision of Division I schools for football governance purposes. It continues to go on and say again, this is on CBSSports.com, membership in the new subdivision would be voluntary, but would require an investment of at least $30,000 per year into an educational trust fund for at least half of its total number of athletes. That would guarantee half the school's athletes $120,000 over four years of competition. So the schools have to buy in and you have to put money into the educational trust fund for your athletes, for the scholarships. Okay, The money distributed would have Title IX requirements, so that would be half for the males and half for the female athletes. In addition to base compensation delivered through a trust, this is still from the article, schools could then sign additional NIL deals to augment compensation. So basically what this deal says is if you opt into this, you can buy players. You have to put in a certain amount of money based on the amount of athletes you have on your campus And you have to put that into an educational trust fund. And once you do that, you could then sign additional NIL deals for direct compensation. We're going to get to the phones in just a second. I want to keep reading here to give you some more information. It says in the article, the football-based subdivision would be independent of the FBS and FCS rankings. Teams at their either level are eligible to opt into the football subdivision. So anybody can opt into this thing. It says here, however, teams that opt in will ultimately be able to exist at a different level than the rest of college football. The group could decide different roster sizes, recruitment practices, transfer, or other NIL rules, even while competing against other members of FBS or FCS working under the existing rules. How crazy is that? Then it starts to give some numbers for some examples here. Many athletic departments push past 400 scholarship athletes across more than 20 sports at the highest level. These are some stats from the article on CBSSports.com. Compensating half of those athletes with the base $30,000 year per year would cost $6 million annually. So they're, they're saying on average... For an FBS program. For an FBS school. It would cost them give or take $6 million. To opt into this new program. This is insane. This is actually insane. The proposal would allow athletes to be compensated directly from schools. Without giving them employee status and protections. Which is something that a lot of people have have tried to, to lobby against. So what this means to me, what this sounds like to me, there is a new subdivision, and this, is not, this has not been implemented. Let me, let me state that very loud and clear. This was a proposal today by the NCAA. This has not been implemented. This has not been adopted. This is a proposal by the NCAA. Schools can opt into this new subdivision of college football. Where you put a certain amount of money into educational funds, scholarships basically, for half of your student-athletes at the school. And if you do that, you can go into this new governing body under the NCAA, you can now dictate your own rules, you can still compete against everybody else, and you can directly pay athletes through NIL. But here's the key point before we go to break and we'll get to Andy when we come back. It's all still under the NCAA umbrella. Try to break that down in your head for a little bit. We'll talk about it. 334 321 1390. Andy, we're going to get to you when we come back here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line
10: pig with Pig Enterprises. Over two decades ago, when my dad had the wild idea to get into the car business, I never would have imagined being part of a multi-generational family business specializing in pre-owned vehicles. That's probably because I've heard every used car salesman joke you have, and who would want that? Neither did he. That's exactly why he started Pig Enterprises and why our family continues to do what we do today. We understand how awful car buying can be. We understand it can be stressful and overwhelming. We understand it's a big investment. This exactly why we do the things we do completely different than the other guys you'll be treated like family your money and time will be valued you'll receive a top-quality vehicle backed by our name and our free three-month 3,000 mile pig certified warranty there is a reason why we have repeatedly been named dealer raider dealer of the year for the state of Alabama come see for yourself come to pig enterprises and get a squeal of a
5: deal individuals and businesses with tax problems. Listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, U.S. Tax Shield can help you take back control. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Our team of tax attorneys can stop collections and get you protected. U.S. Tax Shield offers a price protection guaranteed quote to get you protected today. U.S. Tax Shield is A-plus rated with the BBB, so call 800-494-6139. U.S. Tax Shield, 800-494-6139 individuals and businesses with tax problems. Listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, U.S. Tax Shield can help you take back control. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Our team of tax attorneys can stop collections and get you protected. U.S. Tax Shield offers a price protection guaranteed quote to get you protected today. U.S. Tax Shield is A-plus rated with the BBB, so call 800-494-6139. U.S. Tax Shield, 800-494-6139.
1: Ha, ha, ha. ESPN 1067 celebrates this season of giving with the 12 days of Christmas. Merry Christmas! 12 prizes, 12
11: sponsors, 12 chances for you to win. Prizes include a $300 jewelry by design gift card, a KitchenAid professional mixer from Richard Tate Allstate, a $300 shopping spree at Elizabeth Boutique, and a bed and breakfast package from the Collegiate Hotel and Stacks. Oh,
1: oh, oh. To enter, text the word 12 to 59925. That's the word 12 to 59925. Data rates may apply. Or register at ESPNAU.com. While you're there, see rules for all of our contests. Prizes awarded each weekday through December 16th. A A new new prize, prize, a new winner every every day. It's the 12 Days of Christmas. Celebrate and win with ESPN 1067.
0: Since 1996, CMC Siding and Contracting has been serving the Auburn Opelika community with their wide range of products and services in residential construction and renovations. Auburn alumni Clay Cardone and his crew pride themselves on customer service and the highest quality of work. Whether you're in need of new siding, eave trim, new gutters, vinyl replacement windows, or an addition in renovation, CMC Siding and Contracting has it all. Give them a call at 334-728-0400. That's 334-728-0400. Or visit them online at cmcsiding.com. You are on the
1: line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Well,
0: let's get to the phone lines as we wrap up our number one, 334-321-1390. Andy, you're on the line, man. you got a couple of minutes. What's up?
12: Hey, where you Hey, uh, so I read, I read something about this several months ago, mm-hmm. and I remember there was two senators um, doing two different things. There's actually Tuberville, and then there is this idiot Booker, and uh, one's a Republican, one's a Democrat, and um, I'm I'm gonna put myself on a limb that this was the one Booker was working on. Do you have any idea about that?
0: Uh, I haven't seen. I haven't gone into like the political side of it and gone on like any. News sites like that. I've just been reading the sports side of it because this was proposed by the NCAA president Charlie Baker today. Um, so I don't, yeah, I'll will, be honest, I don't know the, the senator side of it.
12: Okay. I mean, this was all going on, you know, with with Congress and getting in on this uh, NIL deal. But mm-hmm. as, you, as you know, <laughs> one of my biggest gripes about college sports is the money. Now, oh, yeah. Is this, for, uh, is this for like the little uh, lacrosse player or the little. um? Swimming polo player? Is this just for football?
0: So the quote subdivision is for football, but the money gets paid. As far as I can can understand it, the money gets paid from the school and goes into an educational trust fund. Is the wording they're use they're using for half of the total number of athletes on campus?
7: Yeah, I mean that's
12: such a money grab. That's just like a bank saying, you know, put your money with us. um, And you know what a bank does with our money. I mean, you know there's a reason why they do it for free. Um, But that's just just disgusting. And one more thing that's going to knock the, you know, blue-collar fan. um, I'm not saying today or tomorrow, but if this just keeps up and Mm -hmm. you got people that can't put words together making, you know, F.U. money. I don't mind them making a little money, and and I know there's some people out there in the world that makes F.U. money. But when it's 19- and 18-year-olds that we still call boys and you know, kids and stuff like that. Um, when another one of my gripes is an eighteen-year-old soldier dies; he was a young man, a right. young man. But when a when a twenty-two-year-old kid steals lobsters and crabs, you know that young that young boy, you know, he doesn't know any better. Mm-hmm. So the, the whole um, thought process when it comes to athletes is, is is warped. But now you start giving them fu money, and yeah. Uh, it's gonna. I'm going to have a lot more free time on my hands to, to do work around the house, I guess, if this keeps up. But I, I understand that. Kids, I can tell them to throw the books away and just start hitting golf balls or something. I'm
0: telling you, man. Th-
12: th- think it's disgusting.
0: Yep, appreciate the call, Andy. 334-321-1390. Seems that's where a lot of people are going nowadays with their opinions with college sports. I've said it numerous times, and I hate to be this way, but the college football that we knew and loved it's gone. It is long gone. And again, this is a proposal by the NCAA. This is not something that's been adopted, but this isn't the first of its kind, and it won't be the last. 334, 321, 1390. We'll talk a little Heisman as we come into our number two plus double D. He'll join us here on ESPN 1067.
3: My mom doesn't get out much these days. She stays home more than I think is good for her. But I found a wonderful resource that's helped her get out and around people. Lee Russell Senior Centers. They have activities and hot meals provided by the Lee Russell Council of Governments. With eight senior centers in Auburn, Opelika, Beulah, Lojapoka, Smith Station, Hertzboro, Phoenix City, and Fort Mitchell, there's one convenient for everybody if you or someone you care for age 60 and over would love some company visit a senior center monday through friday nine to one the activities nutritious meals exercise education information and companionship with other older adults can brighten anyone's day like they have moms Transportation is free, too, from home and back by LRPT and PEX. Great things are happening at senior centers. Find out more or volunteer at 334-749-5264. Lee Russell Council of Governments. One more way they're helping.
6: Hey, sports fans. Jeff Myers here, First Baptist Church, of Opelika, have well, often said that the world of sports is often more educational than even the classroom. What I mean by that is there are lessons in life that sports allow us to learn that are difficult at best to learn in the classroom. The agony of defeat and the glory of victory. That being said, within 48 hours, I got to witness one of my sons on the mountain peak and the other in the valley. Those lessons, though difficult at times to learn, are some of the most valuable to us. And so I want to encourage each and every one of us, whether our team wins the championship, or whether they lose in an unthinkable fashion, there are always lessons to be learned. May not the score of the scoreboard taint our view of life, our view of God, or keep us from learning the lesson that we need to learn at the time, at the way, the direction that the game goes. And as the old saying goes, the ball bounces. Y'all have a great day.
0: Hey, everybody, this is Jacob Goetz, voice of the Lee Scott Warriors. Join me all basketball season long on the home of Lee Scott Academy Basketball, Tiger Country 104.5 on the Lee Scott Sports Network. Find the broadcast schedule and listen live at tigercountry.net. Lee Scott Academy Basketball on Tiger Country 104.5 is presented by the Orthopedic Clinic and Auburn Express Towing. Also by Russell Building Supply, the Gooch Performing Arts Center, and Auburn Bank. Tune in to the home of Lee Scott Academy Basketball, Tiger Country 104.5, part of the Auburn Network's Family of State. The
1: ESPN 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR
12: Auburn Opelika.
0: Happy Tuesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway in the second hour of the Tuesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio, our wonderful studio sponsor each and every day. Between 2 and 4 p.m. here on ESPN 1067. Be sure you go and give them a visit located at 800 Main Street in Midtown. Just off of Opalika Road, uh, they offer happy hour from 4 to 6 each weekday and also a brunch on Sunday. So be sure you go and check out the Auburn Plaza Bar and lounge our studio sponsors each and every day here between 2 and 4 p.m. on ESPN 106.7. I'm Jacob Goins, our show producer, Michaela studio with me today as we get into the second hour of of the show. Lots of great content from hour number one. If you missed any of it, you can go and catch the show on demand as a podcast. Just search on the line wherever you get your podcast or you can go to our station website at ESPNAU.com It's posted commercial free after each and every show, so be sure you go and check that out. We had good conversations in hour number one, continuing uh, the college football playoff discussion got in a little bit more in depth and kind of looking ahead on What can fix the college football playoff? And will there be anything that can fix the college football playoff with teams being upset and them doing the right or wrong thing and getting the right or wrong teams in? So we talked a lot about that in the first hour. Also, a new rule that was proposed by the NCAA today. Wild stuff, man. Wild stuff about athletes getting paid even more money than what they already do. We talked a lot about that in the first hour so again you can find that at ESPNAU.com coming up here in hour number two want to talk a little Heisman conversation Uh, we'll get into some transfer portal stuff as well since the transfer portal is open Uh, we'll talk some Auburn football in that regard who's left who's on the radar that type of thing for the Tigers and then Daryl Daprich Double D will join us coming up at 3.30 as he always does on a Tuesday afternoon so looking forward to that until then phone lines continue to be open give us a call what on your mind here on a Tuesday afternoon 334-321-1390 that's the number to get you through to us and we'll talk a little Heisman conversation here as we get going in our number two I know Michaela has thoughts on this her uh her two favorite players in college football are finalists in the Heisman Trophy race that'll be announced this weekend the first one, Jaden Daniels, the senior quarterback from LSU. We all know uh, he has been one of the most electric players in college football. His defense has been terrible, but that has nothing to do with him. And if he had a good defense, at a halfway better defense, there's a good chance LSU is fighting for a college football playoff spot last weekend. So keep that in consideration. I fully believe that. His 2023 stats, 72% completion percentage, 3,800 yards, 40 touchdowns, and four interceptions. Can I say those two numbers again? 40, 4-0 touchdowns and four interceptions. That's all through the air. Had 1,100 rushing yards and 10 touchdowns this year. He's a Heisman finalist. Marvin Harrison Jr., the wide receiver from Ohio State. This kind of surprised me. It kind of did. Not because he shouldn't be there, but because Ohio State just didn't use him As much as they should. And he still had great numbers. He had great numbers 67 catches, 1,200 yards, 15 total touchdowns this year. One of those was a rushing touchdown. He could have double that if you used him right. And if they had a good quarterback, and their quarterback was terrible. Their quarterback was terrible. But I'm glad he's there. He won't win. He'll win the Balintnikov more than likely, as he should. But I'm glad he's there. And I hate that he didn't get used properly. Because, man, he is, he's probably the best player in college football. He just didn't get used the way that he should. Bo Nix, the Oregon quarterback, the former Auburn quarterback, the Auburn graduate quarterback as well, is now a Heisman finalist. 77% completion percentage, 4,100 yards, 40 touchdowns, three interceptions, and also six rushing touchdowns on the year. Those are great numbers. Those are great numbers, and he had Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game with a chance to make it to the college football playoff, and his two losses all year were by six total points to the number two team in the country, Washington. If you don't believe that Bo Nix deserves to be in New York for this Heisman ceremony, then I'm sorry. You're wrong. You're wrong. There's nothing else I can tell you, whether you're – a bitter Auburn fan, or whether you're just a, a hater in college football, even if you're not an Auburn fan, tell me why Bo Nix shouldn't be in the Heisman ceremony. The guy's playing unbelievable. I don't care that it's the Pac-12. I don't care that the talent's not as good, because it's not. I know the defenses aren't as good as they are in the SEC, but that was a good conference this year. That was one of the best conferences this year. And you can make an argument that he should have been in the Heisman running last year. And now he's at the ceremony with a chance to win it. I think he has a legitimate chance to win it. And the other one is Michael Penix Jr. And I say the other one like it doesn't matter. This guy's a really good player. I didn't mean it that way. Michael Penix is a wonderful player. And he's right there too to win this thing. The quarterback from Washington who will be playing in the college football playoff. His 2023 stats, 65% completion percentage, 4,200 yards, 33 touchdowns, and nine interceptions, taking his team undefeated in the Pac-12 into the number two seed in the college football playoff. Michaela, you've got some heated thoughts on this. You've got some, some talking points on what you think and who you think should win the Heisman. Let it rip. You've been on this all season long. Let it rip. What do you got?
2: Now, I don't like to pat myself on the back, but oh, okay. let's be real. But yes, you're, but you're yes, going I to? Yes, okay. I do. As you know. <laughs> I've been riding with Jaden Daniels since probably like halfway through the season. And before then was Michael Penix. Mm-hmm. And here, here's my stance on Heisman, which everyone on Friday was like, yeah, well, he should win, but he won't. You and Uncle T-Bone were like, yeah, he he should, but he won't. But now he's jumped to the favorites over heavy this weekend. Favorite. Yeah. heavy favorite. I was heavy texting favorite. you during that game. I said, yeah. hear me out. What if Oregon loses and just Jaden Daniels still have a chance? You're like, I don't know, maybe. But. My stance when it comes to the Heisman is very similar to kind of how they pick the NFL MVP. And I heard this analogy last year, and this is what kind of stuck with me, is that if you were to take this one player off the team, how much of a difference would it make? Right. I think LSU would have been absolutely atrocious this season without him. We saw how that defense looked, and he carried that team on his back. Even games they were losing, he was dropping 40 points on. Yeah. And – there's been players with three losses to win the Heisman, which include Tim Tebow, Lamar Jackson, RG3, and, oh, yeah, Auburn's own Bo Jackson won with the three-loss team. There you go. And just just from over the season, seeing he was the fifth player in SEC history to have 50 touchdowns all in a single season, all of them have won the Heisman, including Bryce Young, Joe Burrow, Cam Newton, and Tim Tebow. And I'm not going to lie, he kind of had potentially a better season than Joe Burrow did statistically at LSU this season passing him with 412 total yards of offense Joe Burrow had 402 in his time in his season at LSU and for all those reasons I don't see how you couldn't give it to him LSU had the highest scoring offense I don't care that they lost three games defense lost them those games and Uh, for that reason that's why I always was rocking with him and now it looks like he's the favorite so I guess we'll have to see but that's not to say that the other guys don't deserve it at all because I would be fine seeing any of them win. They all deserve it.
0: How about that, huh? How about that? That was fantastic. Well, it's true, and I'm with you. I'm absolutely with you. Look at what Jane Daniels has done. Look at this offense for LSU this season, okay? In their second game of the season, it's Grambling State, I know. And look, people forget that they lost that opening game to Florida State, 45-24. to Florida State dominated that game. People forget that way back when, okay? 72 points in their second game of the year. 41, they hung on Mississippi State on the road. 34 against Arkansas, which doesn't say a whole lot. It's Arkansas. But in a loss on the road to Ole Miss in a top 20 matchup, Jane Daniels in this offense put up 49 points. 49. And they lost. That should never happen. Ever. Why? Because their defense gave up 55 points. Okay. You can't put that on Jaden Daniels. I'm with you. They hung 49 on Missouri, one of the best teams in college football this year. 49 to 39 was the final score there. Defense gave up 39. So Jaden Daniels said, fine, let me go and put another 49 points on the board. And he did that. Oh, yeah. Auburn comes to town. How about 48 points? One point less than the last two games. Darn. Right. 28 points in the Alabama game, but he got hurt, right? And I think that's where a lot of his Heisman momentum kind of died right there, was with that Alabama game, and people thought, well, how much is he going to play? What's his status going to be? Is Michael Penix, Bo Nix, going to win it, right? There was other options, even Marvin Harrison Jr., like those guys kept playing and still had amazing stats. But then he bounced back, in LSU – Continued hanging up points 52, 56, 42 against AM. Like, you're 100% right on this, Michaela. I've said that about the MVP race in the NFL, and I think it, it, it carries into the Heisman race as well. Pick that player out of their team, take him off the roster, and replace him with an average player. How good is LSU this season? Let's look back. They obviously don't win the Florida State game, they probably don't win the Arkansas game. They obviously lost that one. I think Missouri probably beats them, okay? I think, they would they have beaten Auburn? Would that have been as crazy of a game if that was? That I mean, was a dominant victory for LSU. Was it was. That was a pretty bad
2: game for Auburn, though, I have to say. It
0: was. You're absolutely <laughs> right. It was. They have a chance. Well, they definitely don't beat Alabama. Florida, eh, maybe not. A&M, maybe. They maybe beat A&M, or maybe don't. But there's at least three more losses right there, which would make LSU, what, a 6-6 and team, 7-5 and if they went out or go in a bowl game or whatever, right? I'm kind of with you. I think Jaden Daniels, if you would put him, imagine if he had the talent that Joe Burrow did when he was here with all of the NFL guys that Joe Burrow played with. It would be kind of unreal. It would be kind of stupid.
2: Which I think people overlook that when Joe Joe Burrow was at LSU – That whole LSU team is basically could be a starting NFL team right now. Look at how many of those guys are playing starting in the NFL right now.
0: Yeah, and the fact that their head coach is no longer there because he wasn't a great coach. But he coached an NFL-style team, and they won it all, so good for them. So you look at Jaden Daniels, very deserving, right? Again, 72%, completion percentage, 3,800 yards, 40 touchdowns, four interceptions, and also 10 rushing touchdowns with 1,100 yards. Who else is doing that? He's a transfer player, came from Arizona State. I think the argument's there. But your other guy is Michael Penix Jr., who the stats may not blow you away like the other guys, but he went undefeated in the Pac-12, beating Bo Nix and Oregon twice, and now he's got him undefeated as the number two team in the country in the college football playoff.
2: You know what I really like about Michael Penix Jr., which I really saw in this game on Friday? He comes in there and looks super calm, super like low stress going into this game. Mm-hmm. And he just slings that ball down the field. He really does. There's weapons on that team. Of course, they've got Adunze on that team. He's a stud. I think he's a top ten overall draft pick. That will probably go before any of these quarterbacks do. But
0: does he survive in the NFL? I
2: guess we'll have to see. <laughs> but love it. I would love to see on my own team of the jets i'd love oh, for him to come sit a year under okay, rogers okay because okay i mean you're a green bay fan you're seeing it play out now what happens when you sit under a guy like rogers so
0: yeah yeah and look i like michael Penix. i do i like michael Penix. i think wins have to mean something i've said that about the heisman i think you have to take into consideration wins but i don't think wins are everything and you listed off a bunch of players uh, that have had multiple losses in their times and have been heisman trophy winners but I just don't see how you could just fully write off Bo Nix. And I'm not saying you. I'm saying a lot of other people have said, oh, Bo Nix can't win it. His numbers are unbelievable. His numbers are unbelievable. And his two losses were by 6 to Michael Penix, where the defense were some issues there. I mean, I think Bo Nix balled out in both of those games. And in the first game, they had a chance to take it to overtime with a missed field goal. They just obviously missed it. And so how can you not have Bo Nix here? And a lot of people got upset yesterday. A lot of people, a lot of Auburn fans, got upset yesterday when when the uh, announcement was made.
2: Which I don't understand why. You can't really argue with stats in this one.
0: I agree. But Auburn, the Auburn, I can't remember if it was the university account or if it was the football account on X. Right when the announcement was made that Bo Nix was a Heisman finalist they tweeted out, they retweeted it saying congratulations to Auburn graduate Bo Nix on his Heisman finalist announcement, you know, good luck in New York and, and best of luck wherever, right? There were a lot of Auburn fans upset about that, and I don't fully understand why.
2: Which I think some people, maybe just the casuals I don't really know, forget that he has a degree from the school. Hey,
0: gra- and that's what they They're said, an Auburn graduate. him
2: to be our guy. Right. We're not Alabama claiming Jalen Hurts right now. Let's get that straight. But – he graduated from here if this is my undergrad alma mater I would hope they would shout me out like that I don't think they're trying to claim him by any means no
0: I don't think so and and look I think most Auburn fans can understand it was a it was a tough time it was a rough time for him to be here he went through two head coaches three offensive coordinators like it was a bad time to be at Auburn for him he had some good moments he had some bad moments he won some games for Auburn and he lost some games for Auburn but at the end of the day I think we should just want to see the guys succeed. Do I think he wins the Heisman Trophy? No, I don't. But I am glad that he's there. And I'm glad that he went to Oregon and completely balled out. And here's what I'll say before we get to break. Out of the four Heisman finalists, three of them are quarterbacks. What do they all have in common?
2: Well, they all transferred.
0: Bingo. They're all transfer quarterbacks.
2: I just want to point out. Because I didn't know this until you told me that Michael Penix Jr. was the quarterback at Indiana when they had their crazy season. Yep. And that just made me a fan of him more. Because look at how big of a difference he makes mm-hmm. when he comes to a program.
0: Yep. Michael Penix transferred from Indiana to Washington. Bo Nix, of course, transferred from Auburn to Oregon. And Jane Daniels, after three seasons at Arizona State, transferred to LSU and gave them what could have been a magical season. I think if you go either way, I think if you go the Michael Pinnock's route because of the, the wins and the undefeated season and getting to the final four, I think it's deserving. But I also think Jaden Daniels has been the best player in college football. And I think that's where it sits. So we'll see. Heisman trophy ceremony is this Saturday on ESPN. Excited to see that. I know uh, Michaela, you had some things to say. And so that was, that was fun. I'm glad we talked about that because it's a big deal. And, some of the odds have really shifted into Jaden Daniels' favor, and we'll see what happens with the Heisman Trophy ceremony. It's a lot of fun. I think all four guys are deserving. Uh, my pick, I'm going to pick Jaden Daniels. I think mm-hmm. they're going to give it to him.
2: I think this is arguably the most talented group of four in a long time. That's fair. So yeah. I'll leave it with that.
0: There you go. I like it. 334 321 We'll talk the transfer portal a little bit when we come back. Talking Auburn football here on ESPN 1067. Hey, everybody, this is Jacob Goins, voice of the Lee Scott Warriors. Join me all basketball season long on the home of Lee Scott Academy Basketball, Tiger Country 104.5 on the Lee Scott Sports Network. Find the broadcast schedule and listen live at tigercountry.net. Lee Scott Academy Basketball on Tiger Country 104.5 is presented by the Orthopedic Clinic and Auburn Express Towing. Also by Troy Bank & Trust, the Car Stereo Shop, and Four Seasons Federal Credit Union. Tune in to the home of Lee Scott Academy Basketball, Tiger Country 104.5, part of the Auburn Network's family layup stations.
6: Hey, sports fans. Jeff Myers here. First Baptist Church of Opelika. Well, I've often said that the world of sports is often more educational than even the classroom. What I mean by that is there are lessons in life that sports allow us to learn that are difficult at best to learn in the classroom. The agony of defeat and the glory of victory. That being said, within 48 hours, I got to witness one of my sons on the mountain peak and the other on the in the valley those lessons though difficult at times to learn are some of the most valuable to us and so i want to encourage each and every one of us whether our team wins the championship or whether they lose in an unthinkable fashion there are always lessons to be learned may not the score of the scoreboard taint our view of life our view of god or keep us from learning the lesson that we need to learn at the time at the way the direction that the game goes and as the old saying goes the ball
11: bounces. Y'all have a great day. Envirogreen is the healthy way to a beautiful lawn. It all starts with taking the time to soil test so they can provide the specific ingredients your lawn needs. In fact, your Envirogreen technician will get to know you and your yard, offering personalized care because they're locally owned and operated. Call today, 334-319-7603 or visit envirogreen.com. Keep your yard green and your contents clean with Envirogreen.
0: Hey everybody, this is Jacob Goeth, host of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. This week's Orthopedic Clinic High School Player of the Week is Auburn High School's Soraya Daniels. The Lady Tigers' senior guard had 27 total points and 6 rebounds last week in a big 67-44 win for the Auburn High Tigers over Carver Montgomery. Soraya Daniels, your Orthopedic Clinic High School Player of the Week. The Orthopedic Clinic is East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika to better serve you online at theorthoclinic.com.
11: This is Zach Alsterbrook with Alsterbrook Law Group. Specializing in family law, criminal defense, DUI, and personal injury, Alsterbrook Law Group can help you. 114 North Knight Street in downtown Opelika, serving Lee County and the surrounding areas for over 10 years. Remember, if you want someone that has your back, call Zach. 737-3718. Big city experience, small town values. Alsterbrook Law Group.
10: No representation has made that the
2: quality of services to be performed is the greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers.
1: You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app.
0: All right, back inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. Got a few more minutes before Daryl Dappert's Double D joins us for uh, his segment each and every Tuesday. Uh, Looking forward to that. He's got some things to say about uh, auburn football auburn basketball i'm sure he's got some things to say about the college football playoff as well um so looking forward to talking with him in just a few minutes but until then phone lines remain open we'd love to hear from you 334-321-1390 something that happened yesterday uh, that everybody's been keeping up with and there's so many updates it's I think it's physically impossible uh, to keep up with everything. It's the transfer portal that has officially opened for college football. It is open. Uh, The window is officially open to whoever wants to enter. And there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people and players that have entered the transfer portal. And and I want to clear something up. There were a lot of people. Let me say there were a lot of players. I need to phrase it that way there were a lot of players that announced a week ago or even less than that for their intention to enter the transfer portal. And the majority of them have eventually entered, right? You just had to – there was a differential there, right? They couldn't have entered last week. They had to wait until yesterday when it opened. But now it is. And some of the major updates when it comes to Auburn, uh, talking about the people that have left already, right, people that have left – Um, people that are on their way out. Um, And there's look, there's quite a bit. Uh, I'm just going to be honest. There's quite a bit of guys that are leaving, uh, guys that Auburn is looking at as well. A couple of receivers have left. Uncle T-Bone and I talked about some of those guys uh, yesterday. Not a whole lot of production there uh, when it comes to players that have left. But you look at Omari Kelly, Jair Shorter, Malcolm Johnson Jr. Those are the names in the receiver room uh, that have transferred out. So far, um, more things on offense. Uh, You have not a whole lot, which is kind of crazy. Receivers really tend to be the only ones that have left so far. A couple of guys on the defensive line, Steven Johnson and Sledge, he has left as well in the transfer portal. Um, You have Steven Sings, the linebacker, who has decided to transfer out. And as far as I know, that's about it. Um, You look at... Some players that could leave through the NFL draft. I think there's quite a few guys on the defensive side of the football that could leave. Uh, On the linebackers, I think Eugene Asante could go if he wanted to. I think your secondary can go um, as long as they're eligible, right? There's numerous guys that I've said all year long uh, that are going to be playing on Sundays. And so overall, I think through the first two days, Auburn is okay with what has decided to leave so far. The big question becomes who does Auburn go after. Right? Who does Auburn go after? Because I don't think they're done with guys leaving and I think there is a a mutual thing at times. Sometimes, right, you have the player that decides, "Hey, this isn't for me. I'm not going to play here. I'd like to go try my my or take my talents elsewhere." If you put it into the words of LeBron James, "I'm going to take my talents elsewhere and go play somewhere else." All right, cool, right? Good luck to you and, you know, hope the best. There are also times where the coaches bring you in, sit you down in the office, and say, look, man, it's just not working out here. It's like a, it's like a breakup, right? Hey, this isn't working out. And for the good of the cause, for the good of our program, the good of our team, and really for the good of you and your future, we recommend that you enter the transfer portal. And they either do or they don't, right? If you're, and I think that's how you have to handle it. And I think that's what Hugh Freeze has done so far. Um, he talked about that in his final press conference that he was going to have to do that. And he said it was going to be a learning curve for him because he hasn't had to do this a ton because it's still a relatively new thing. And you're dealing with all of this, plus you're dealing with the bowl game preparation, plus you're dealing with recruiting, plus you're dealing with NIL. It's a horrible time. It's a horrible time to be a college football coach. And I know they make millions of dollars. Quit. Don't call in and cry about they make millions. We shouldn't feel bad for them. Their job is really hard. Okay? They're doing a really difficult job right now. They're having to jumble all of that at one time. High school recruiting, because the early signing periods in a couple of weeks, which is insane, and 90 to 95% of kids commit and sign on that day, okay, Then you're dealing with transfer portal on your own team, making sure people don't leave that you want to stay and people that you're trying to, let's just be real, people that you're trying to get out, right? And make sure that you have those correct conversations. But then you're having to go into the transfer portal and help yourself replace the ones that may or may not leave because you told them to or because they want to. Like, How in the world are you supposed to handle all of that? How in the world are you supposed to calculate what you need and what you want and where your necessity is in the transfer portal? I don't know. I'm glad that I just sit here and talk about it. I'm glad I don't have to deal with it. Um, Because this is insane. Now, Auburn has gone out and offered some guys, and I know we're about to be up against a break, and we're going to talk to Daryl Dapperich about this too. He's going to have a lot to say about this. Auburn has offered some some big offensive line guys, um, one from Southern Miss, one from North Dakota. You have a couple of defensive tackles that have been offered by Auburn. You have some receivers that have been offered by Auburn, some defensive ends, one from Vanderbilt, Nate Clifton. Will Shepard, the receiver from Vanderbilt, is in the portal, and Auburn's expected to go after him. So, There's so many things to keep up with here. It's hard for me to talk about it all. Imagine having to handle it all with your own team. It's a wild time, man. And here's another example of how the NCAA has screwed all of this up. Why are we having all of this happen at the same time? Why are we dealing with the transfer portal, high school recruiting, and bowl games right now? Think about a team in the college football playoff. They're having to do all this right now, too. Absolutely not! What a disaster! Oh my goodness! We'll talk to Daryl Dapperch about all of this with Auburn football, Auburn basketball, and more when we come back here on the Tuesday edition of On the.
13: Noble here with Dixie Electric Plumbing and Air. You know all about the 12 Days of Crystals. But what about the 12 Days of Dixie? We're giving away great prizes. Just go to Facebook.com slash Dixie Electric Plumbing Air and comment on the daily prize post using the hashtag 12 Days of Dixie and you're automatically entered. The winner's name is posted on Facebook the following day at 9 a.m. The 12 Days of Dixie is going on right now. Oh,
6: Dixie.
0: License
13: number 15033.
0: Hey, everybody, this is Jacob Goeth, voice of the Lee Scott Warriors. Join me all basketball season long on the home of Lee Scott Academy Basketball, Tiger Country 104.5 on the Lee Scott Sports Network. Find the broadcast schedule and listen live at tigercountry.net. Lee Scott Academy Basketball on Tiger Country 104.5 is presented by the Orthopedic Clinic and Auburn Express Towing. Also by Russell Building Supplies, the Gouge Performing Arts Center, and Auburn Bank. Tune in to the home of Lee Scott Academy Basketball, Tiger Country 104.5, Auburn Network's family of stations. Since 1996, CMC Siding and Contracting has been serving the Auburn Opelika community with their wide range of products and services in residential construction and renovations. Auburn alumni Clay Cardone and his crew pride themselves on customer service and the highest quality of work. Whether you're in need of new siding, eave trim, new gutters, vinyl replacement windows, or an addition in renovation, CMC Siding and Contracting has it all. Give them a call at 334-728-0400. That's 334-728-0400. Or visit them online at cmcsiding.com. Um, Hey, everybody, Jacob Goins here, host of On the Line on ESPN 106.7 from 2 to 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. Get the latest on Auburn athletics for some of the best the Auburn Sports Network has to offer. Jacob Hillman joins me on Mondays at 3.30, and Brad Law visits with me on Thursdays at 2.30 as we get you ready for another big weekend of Auburn athletics. That's Jacob Hillman on Mondays at 3.30, and Brad Law on Thursdays at 2.30 from the Auburn Sports Network here during On the Line on ESPN 106.7 and at ESPNAU.com.
13: Hi, this is Doug Amos from the Max Roundtable inviting you to join me each weekday from 11 to 2 on ESPN The Ticket in the River Region and on ESPN 1067 in Auburn and Opelika. On Mondays, I'm joined by Charlie Trotman. On Wednesdays, it's Zach Blackerby. And on Fridays, it's Jake Farmer. Tuesdays and Thursdays are reserved for a lot of fun with you. Hope you'll join us each weekday for the Max Roundtable are on the
1: line with Jacob Goins on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader.
0: We've got 30 more minutes here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. I'm Jacob Goins with you inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. As we get to the phone lines for our Tuesday guest, it's Double D, Daryl Dapperts, who joins us each and every Tuesday here on ESPN 106.7. He's a weekly guest on Locked on Auburn. He's also the Montgomery radio legend. Daryl, great to hear from you, man. Hope you're doing well on this Tuesday afternoon. I'm doing great, my
4: friend. Good to hear from you as well. Thanks for having me on again.
0: Well, let's jump into so much topics of conversation. I mean, there's so many things to get into. Uh, We'll get to all the Auburn stuff coming up in just a little bit uh, because we're going to talk transfer portal. We're going to talk recruiting. We're going to talk basketball as well and the bowl game, too. So we got a lot to get to. But I want to hear... The Double D Daryl Dapper's explanation for what in the world happened on Sunday with the college football playoff the rankings and the Final Four that has been released. I know you've got some things to say about it. I'm curious on where you want to go here.
4: All right, well, I'll just jump right in. Let me just say this. I don't have a problem initially with necessarily the, the teams that they put in under the model of four best teams. What I do have an issue with is precedence. Like, why did they choose this year to break precedence on leaving a Power Five who played a good non-conference schedule uh, conference champion out? That That's an issue. The criteria they used, I have issues with. It changes from year to year. And what I mean by that is, okay, so they went with the four best, not the four most deserving this year. Well that may have been an overcorrection because of what happened last year with TCU and the year before with Cincinnati. You will never, ever, ever convince me that they went with the four best model, the years that they let Cincinnati and TCU. in. So the fluctuation and the vacillating from year to year on the criteria is doing the kids a disservice. If you want to say four best, then you freaking should have been doing that all along.
11: Mm-hmm. And don't waffle
4: back and forth. If you want to use the criteria that any time you lose a key player, that automatically is knocks against you, then you should have done that last year when Blake Corum didn't play for Michigan. And he was their most important offensive player. I don't want to hear, well, he's not a quarterback. Herschel Walker and Bo Jackson would like a word. They yeah. were the most explosive best players on their football team when, you know, it can be a running back that's your most important offensive player. Quorum was last year. He couldn't play in the playoff game. They put Michigan in anyway. So this whole back, we won't do it last year, but we're going to do it this year. Then the what-if scenarios bother me. The committee and all these people talking about how they got in a room and they said, you know, I just don't think Florida State would beat Alabama without Jordan Travis. Okay, I get that. Would Alabama go to Charlotte and play number 14 Louisville and beat them with Ty Simpson? I think not. I think we saw that movie already with the South Florida game. So that whole, and again, I have a problem with when they did it. You knew Jordan Travis was not healthy back in the North Alabama game. Yes. Why did you move Florida State up a slot last week when they struggled against 5-7 and seven Florida? Why, why, that was the perfect opportunity to go, you know what, we saw enough. This backup dude isn't going to get it done, even though it was the third string last Saturday. They struggled against Florida, who's going to end up with a losing record. They were fifth, Drop them to seventh then. No, what do they do? They move them up. And then the inconsistency of we'll go ahead and put them fifth in this, in this college football poll just out of the playoff, put Georgia sixth, and, oh, by the way, Georgia's a two-touchdown favorite. It mm-hmm. makes absolutely – there is so much inconsistency, so much waffling, so much talking out of both sides of people's mouths. That's the problem with it. I just want to see some consistency, criteria that's that's applied the same across the board year after year, and they and they haven't. They've totally dropped the ball on on that aspect of it.
0: Yeah, I, I've talked a lot about it today, in particular, Daryl, with the expansion of the playoff coming up next season with the twelve teams, where the Power Five each get there at least one representative plus the the at-large bids moving forward. And I've talked a lot about it in the the perspective of Auburn, where I fully expect them to be in this consideration and these conversations in the next three to five years. And what happens if Auburn gets the short end of the stick? Or what happens if that happens? You know what I mean? Like, there's so much uncertainty. You go ahead and book
4: that right now. You go ahead and mark this down and book it like you would a cruise to the Caribbean. If a team's going to get left out next year with two losses, It will be Virginia double-dribble, 2004 Auburn left out Auburn is what will happen. It's just the way it goes. It's just the karma, brother. Because here's the thing. When people talk about, oh, next year it's going to be the 13th team is going to be upset. Listen, even if it is Auburn, I don't don't have as much of an issue of a two-loss team being left out of a national playoff as opposed to a team that was undefeated. You see, that will never happen again. You're not going to have a conference champion that's undefeated get left out in a 12-team playoff. So that fixes that problem. Yeah, you may have uh, an SEC two-loss team get snubbed. I get it. But that's not near the travesty or the outrage of an undefeated Power 5. We fix that with the 12-team playoff. There will be a team that gets screwed that's got two losses in the sec that's ranked 11th in the country that has a strength of schedule off the charts. And I would bet if it's, if, if it's going to be anybody, and I know people say, Oh, that's little brother. I'm joking. It's just that the way that things happen, 1993, 1983, 2004, double dribble. I mean, <laughs> it's yeah. Just, just get ready. I mean, cause <laughs> it, it's coming. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying this is a conspiratorial thing. I'm not saying someone's out to get Auburn. I'm just saying the way the cookie crumbles, it just seems like there that's what happened. is
0: there is a there's an acronym for that, Daryl. It's called mm-hmm. JABBA. That's what it's called. It, and so exactly, yeah, yeah, it, it is. Drop that
4: Indian burial ground out there <laughs> at Shirt and Hair, and maybe we can. <laughs> But in all fairness, Auburn's had its share of good luck too. I mean, oh yeah, you know, oh yeah, block, for sure. You know, punt, Bama punt, the kick six, the Georgia game with the tip. So, you know, I mean, I I get it. I just I, there's there's just some 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 bad luck that has be- befriended them with some things. And I fully expect the first year of the twelve team playoff when Hugh Freeze gets this thing turns around, and if they win ten or eleven games next year. Yeah, that, that will be the team that gets uh, on the outside looking in.
0: Well, here's what we do know, Daryl. We know Auburn's playing on December 30th in the Music City Bowl against Maryland in a game where we don't really know who's going to be playing player-wise because the transfer portal opened up yesterday. And we've had yeah. we've had players enter from Auburn. We've got a ton of players on the radar for Auburn as well. What's your breakdown so far of what we've seen from the transfer portal and then, of course, with the bowl game coming up in a few weeks for the for the Auburn Tigers?
4: Absolutely excited and elated that it'll be Peyton Thorne that starts the bowl game. I didn't think that two weeks ago. I fully expect expected a mass exodus from the quarterback room, you know, from, from Auburn to have two, maybe three quarterbacks jump. And then you're looking at who's going to start the bowl game. So that's a very pleasant surprise that Auburn will have, you know, technically or supposedly a loaded room mm-hmm. for the bowl game. Um, you know, the receivers were, the receivers that jumped in, um, not surprised about that at all, but that really does benefit Auburn if you want to upgrade. And I think Zach and I did a show where I rated receiver as a number one portal target that needed to happen for Auburn. I said because if you upgrade the receiving room, you're, you're upgrading two rooms. You're upgrading the quarterback room at the same time. Because whoever it is, if Auburn goes out and gets a portal quarterback to come in and you know, battle with Peyton Thorn or unseat Peyton Thorne, or if it is Peyton Thorn, you get elite receivers from what they've gotten with the Cam Coleman commitment that we didn't have a chance to talk about. Yeah. If they go into the portal and get a couple of good guys, you upgrade that and get receivers that don't drop the ball and get separation. You've now made the quarterback room better too. You take a percentage, a, comp- a completion percentage that was sixty-three percent for Peyton Thorn, and you increase that seven, eight percent if you don't have the drops. or And you can't even do the unknown of the separation. Maybe plays that Thorne held onto the ball, we saw that a lot, and he got sacked. Well, maybe that's because there wasn't receivers getting open and there wasn't separation. Now you get separation, you get receivers that can get open. He lets go of the ball, completes passes. He could complete 70% of his passes without that. So it improves that room, too. Um, Obviously Auburn's going to need some offensive line help. Uh, not as barren as people thought. I mean, you've got some guys coming back along the offensive line. you got a guy like Connor Liu and, and,
11: yes. and Muskrat
4: that can step in that have experience along with maybe a Dylan Wade. Uh, I believe it was Stutz that, that, that might be coming back. So um, I don't know. I mean, I think there's some, you know, Sedna coming back, the, the transfer from Northwestern. There's some issues there that, maybe one or two guys that you can get some tackles that can immediately be plug-and-play guys. But Auburn's offensive line, it's the defensive line that you're going to have to, especially if Harris leaves, Marcus Harris, you're going to have to get some dudes and you're going to have to get some safeties too. So I don't think it's a, a total overhaul or revamp like it was last year. I think it's just filling some holes here and there, and that's when you start to see signs of a program that's getting healthy.
0: Well, you mentioned it already as we're talking with Daryl Dappert here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. He joins us every Tuesday at 3.30. You mentioned it in the recruiting aspect of things. How about that, huh? How about the flip of Cam Coleman last week? It was in the middle of all the other crazy stuff going on, uh, but Cam Coleman flips to Auburn, and uh, I think you're the one that made this point, Daryl. You have to look at this commitment, and he's still got to get here, but you look at this commitment individually, it's so easy to throw him in with all the other receiver commits with Perry Thompson, Bryce Kane, et cetera, what could be the, the, you know, the, the freeze five or whatever, right? But you have to look at this guy individually and think, man, this is one of the best receiver recruits ever to come to Auburn if he does get here.
4: Yes, make it be a standalone. I, I get it as part of that Fab Four class, and if they get Ryan Williams' freeze spot. But this kid on his own is a program changer. I liken him in the mold of a George Pickens or Julio Jones, period. And if you look at some of the programs that have had so much success the last 10 years, the Clemsons, the Ohio States, the Alabama, the Georgias, they've had elite receivers from Garrett Wilson to Alave to Harrison Jr. to the Alabama Four, the Waddle, Judy, Smith, Ruggs group, Georgia with Pickens and some of the guys they've had. Clemson getting into going into Phoenix City and getting guys and having mm-hmm. elite receivers. So I think that, you know, receiving rooms, when you get three or four elite dudes like that, they elevate. Now, look, Clemson had Trevor Lawrence and, you know, DeAndre, I mean, uh, Deshaun Watson, and, and, I mean, Alabama had some good quarterbacks with Bryce Young and Tua and Mac Jones. George is the one that I think benefited the most from having some elite receivers, the Jake Fromms. I mean, and, and the and the Stetson Bennett weren't at the weren't at the level of a Trevor Lawrence, right, or a Bryce Young or two, but they, eleva- they 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 ended up becoming extremely valuable college quarterbacks that you know were in Heisman talk or were in you know basically Walter Camp talk of quarterback because of the receivers. And so, look, you get a guy like Walker White who could spend it next year throwing to these guys for two or three. Who knows what could happen. You get a rental this year if you don't think Thorne's the dude. Or if Thorne with a better offensive you know, with an offensive line and a better receiver. So yeah, the receiving Cam Coleman is a program changer. And he is a guy that can bring other elite recruits to Auburn because of him signing on the dotted line.
0: Well, I think that's what he's trying to do, and I think that's what others like Perry Thompson are trying to do. And and look, if this is where it ends for Auburn's receiving um, receiving commits class and recruiting class in this 2024, I mean, it, it's up there for one of the best ever that Auburn has brought in, and I think Auburn fans should be really, really excited about that with signing day, early signing day coming up in a few weeks, and the transfer portal open as of right now. Daryl, before we let you go, really quickly, what to flip to basketball are you, are you worried about what happened on the road Sunday? Is Daryl's Darryl, is sky falling down on this Auburn basketball program because of what happened at App State, or can the Tigers bounce back this weekend against Indiana?
4: I think they can bounce back. I'm concerned because it's, it's two poor shooting performances in a row, but the App State thing I saw coming from a mile away. I'm not going to say that I thought Auburn was going to get beat, but I 100%, 100% expected Auburn to struggle. Going to Boone, North Carolina, and that bandbox, that place is crazy. Rabid fans. You're playing down to a mid-major in the Sun There is nothing you can gain from that other than playing in a hostile environment and maybe working out some things. But the shooting was poor. Free throw shooting, foul differential, three-point shooting, all those things concern me. If they're a one-off, that's fine. If they bounce back against Indiana, shoot the ball well. And hit some three, you know, hit hit some free throws. But Indiana at six and one, and you know, you know better than anybody. I mean, being their their locked on host, that they they beat Maryland. I mean, it's so crazy mm-hmm. how they're already playing Big Ten games. It it yeah. blows my mind. They play Michigan tonight. They beat Maryland. Their only loss was to a good UConn team. So I don't know. I mean, this one in Atlanta, Auburn should have some fans there. I I, I see them bouncing back. But again, Indiana's a good basketball team, so we'll see what happens I'm not worried I'm a little bit concerned if they can't start stringing performances together where they shoot the ball and shoot free throws better and again, one thing that's, that's a bugaboo of this team for three years and it drives me crazy is foul differential and people want to blame the referees and think, oh at some point you have to look in the mirror and say, no, it's us <laughs> we're always in the we're always on the opposite end of the foul differential, is minus five, minus six. You got to get that cleaned up because at some point it's going to cost you in a tournament game. Yeah, that's just
0: how I feel. Yeah, those are those are uh, really good observations, and that's a huge one there at the end. Where if it's happening for three and four years in a row, right, and it's always a, a consistent factor for a team then yeah, you have to start looking at the team itself and the coaching, and, and those foul differentials come into play down the stretch in games, on the road, in conference play, and then in the NCAA tournament as you mentioned as well. So Auburn Basketball back playing uh, Indiana this weekend uh, in Atlanta for the Holiday hoops giving. Daryl, I appreciate you, man. We always enjoy talking with Daryl Dapperich every Tuesday here on ESPN 106.7. Daryl, plug everything you got going on where people can find you, man. You do such a wonderful job.
4: Friday Fridays, uh, Locked on Auburn podcast where you can get your, your podcast in on YouTube with Zach Blackley, normal Friday uh, guest. and then after every basketball game, we do a reaction show and we will be doing a reaction show after the bowl game as well against Maryland. So that'll be that'll be fun that we'll be going live Sunday morning like not live. We'll be going Sunday morning like normal, dropping a reaction show after the bowl game
0: awesome man hey you do such a wonderful job we appreciate you and your time i appreciate your friendship and man looking forward to talking to you next tuesday
4: take care jacob have a great week my friend
0: thanks you too man that's daryl dapperich who joins us every tuesday double d here on espn 1067 we'll take our final break come back and wrap it up here on the tuesday edition of on the line
11: what does the forum mean to you maybe it's a piece of land for production for crops or cattle or maybe the farm is just a place you can go to relax or enjoy the outdoors whatever the farm means to you first south farm credit can help you finance or refinance that perfect piece of land we've been financing farms and land since 1916 with competitive rates and flexible terms up to 30 years our professionals know land and land financing first south provides fast friendly turnaround to help you secure your ideal tract of land The farm could be your next business venture, your next land or timber investment, or perhaps your next getaway. At First South Farm Credit, we will help you know what the farm means to you and make your farm purchase a reality. We have moved, so please come see us at our new location. You can now find us at 1613 Frederick Road in Opelika near Tigertown. For more information, go to FirstSouthLand.com. That's FirstSouthLand.com. Equal housing lender.
13: Noble here with Dixie Electric Plumbing and Air. You know all about the 12 Days of Christmas. But what about the 12 Days of Dixie? We're giving away great prizes. Just go to Facebook.com slash Dixie Electric Plumbing Air and comment on the daily prize post using the hashtag 12 Days of Dixie and you are automatically entered. The winner's name is posted on Facebook the following day at 9 a.m. The 12 Days of Dixie is going on right now. Oh, Dixie license number 15033.
0: Hey, everybody, this is Jacob Goins, voice of the Lee Scott Warriors. Join me all basketball season long on the home of Lee Scott Academy Basketball, Tiger Country 104.5 on the Lee Scott Sports Network. Find the broadcast schedule and listen live at tigercountry.net. Lee Scott Academy Basketball on Tiger Country 104.5 is presented by the Orthopedic Clinic and Auburn Express Towing. Also by Troy Bank & Trust, the Car Stereo Shop, and Four Seasons Federal Credit Union. Tune in to the home of Lee Scott Academy Basketball, Tiger Country 104.5, part of the Auburn Network's Stations.
5: From day one back in 1907, Auburn Bank's mission has been clear to serve our community, see businesses flourish, and improve lives locally by making sound business decisions and responding with care every day. Today, we continue to fulfill our mission with a team of local, commercial, and consumer lenders who are ready to help meet your needs and goals. Auburn Bank, champions of you. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender, online at auburnbank.com.
10: Don't you wish your life came with a warning app?
1: Stop, that dog does not want to be petted.
10: (laughs) A heads up before something bad happens.
1: You should not send that text.
10: Life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome, but pre-diabetes does. With early diagnosis and a few healthy changes, you can reverse pre-diabetes and prevent or delay type two diabetes. To learn your risk, take the one minute test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. You are on the
1: line on ESPN 1067 call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502
0: Wrapping up the Tuesday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7. Got a few more minutes before we turn it over to The Drive from 4 to 6 here on the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Big thanks to uh, Daryl Dapper, who joins us every Tuesday. Double D joins us Tuesdays at 3.30. We appreciate him. Always has some um, interesting points and just fun talking points to talk with uh, when it comes to Auburn football, Auburn athletics, just – college football. He had his thoughts on the college football playoff as does everybody uh, since Sunday so we appreciate him and his time. Been a great show today if you missed any of it you can go and catch up with the show on demand as a podcast you can search on the line wherever you get your podcast or go to our station website at ESPNAU.com and you can find it in the podcast center commercial free after the show today. We've talked up some more about the college football playoff kind of what the future of the playoff looks like because of the unspeakable Uncertainty and the distrust from the fans around college football because of what happened this past weekend. Also, we looked at the new rule that the NCAA proposed today about college football. I mean, it's wild. Basically, what it is is colleges, the universities can opt into this new program where they pay basically they pay half of the athletes on campus a certain amount of money into this education fund, and then at that point, the colleges and their football programs can go and be a part of something bigger than the FBS or the FCS, and they can sign players to direct NIL deals. It has not been implemented. It's not taking place. It's something that was proposed today by the NCAA. We started talking about it, and we will some more as the days and weeks go on if this is something that starts to gain a little traction. It's pretty crazy, But I don't think it's all that much of a new idea. And we could talk about that as we get into some more shows later in the week. We also talked about the Heisman Trophy. We also talked a little Auburn transfer portal and recruiting. I mean, there's just so much going on right now in the world of sports, and we're glad that you're here to be a part of it. So, again, if you missed any of it, be sure to go, and you can find the podcast at ESPNAU.com. Under the Podcast Center, it's posted commercial-free. Tomorrow on the show, it's Rivalry Wednesday, which means Jordan Hill of Dogs 247. We'll get to talk to him and their perspective of the Georgia Bulldogs missing out on the college football playoff, and we'll talk to Austin Hannon on their perspective of making it into the college football playoff. So excited to get their perspectives, plus talk a little college basketball as well we'll have more recruiting talk we'll have more transfer portal conversations and a whole lot more that'll be on the wednesday edition of on the line here on espn 106.7 tomorrow so until then two to four right here on espn 106.7 i'm your man jacob Goins. stay safe and i'll talk to you later